Would you guys open your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 16? We are at the last Sunday of Mark. 16 chapters and who knows how long. I mean, we, uh, we just, it, it's so funny. I wanted to end this on Easter, okay? Because I had this great plan. It was gonna be awesome. But I didn't realize that we were gonna instead end on Pentecost. And what I didn't really consider when we first thought this through was that the book of Mark ends on Pentecost. Like, the, like the, the, he's about to ascend here. Like Pentecost is coming. This is where Mark ends and where our lives pick up. So it turns out to be that the Holy Spirit, as usual, is smarter than me and had a plan from the beginning. I just wanna read to you these last few verses of Mark 16, verse 15 through 20. He said to them, Jesus is saying to them, the disciples that are there, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. There's an urgency to what God has called us to do. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, this is Acts 1 verse 8 happening right here. Acts 1, uh, 8, 5, 6, 7, 8. Uh, He was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. And then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with the signs that accompanied it. The work of the cross was done, but the work of the spirit had literally just begun right here in Mark 16. Jesus, would you give us insight into your word? Lord, would you... At a time right now that in our nation that seems so confusing, you are not the author of confusion. That's not you. If it's confusing, it's not Jesus. So Lord, we pray that your word would be the light and the lamp and the clarity that we might need even at a time like this. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. I saw a meme this week, and it was a picture of a lady like bent down like this. And someone in this room might have sent it to me. I don't even remember. But all it said was, "I'm looking outside to see what where we are in Revelation today." Like that was the. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking outside to see where we are in Revelation. And you know, this week is like yet another uh, something we didn't see uh, coming. And is is is. is as much as I've uh, prayed and thought, and I, and I really have had a heavy heart this week because I'm, I'm praying that God would give us clarity. I mean, give me a virus, like that I can do. Like I can Enneagram 5, deep dive that thing. But this is, this is complex. This is relational in nature. And I've just been praying like, God, what's, what's happening in our country right now? And by the way, it's not unique in our country. Um, it's in every nation where there are tribes and tongues that have come from different places, there is division. It's just true. And it's the exact opposite of what God had in mind in the book of Acts chapter 2. Because it says that in front of them that day, there were every tribe, nation, and tongue. It's every, in fact, I think the exact words, every nation under the sun was represented that day on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. 
that's God's design. Like he didn't design it so that one group gets in and the other gets out. He didn't design it that one would have power over the other. And that's, the, it's the enemy. It is the power of Satan and sin that divides what God wants to unite. And I've been thinking, and, and Mo and I were even talking this morning, like, I feel like the question that people are probably asking is, man, is unity even possible in our country? And I want you to know that I, when I think of that question, I think I'm asking the question of the United States, and that's the question of Sudan, it's the question of Kenya, it's the question of Nigeria, and the answer is no. Because when Satan is the prince of the power of the air, then division is going to be his tactic and his technique. No, not in our nation, but in our church, in our Christian life, our, in the gospel. Unity is not only possible, it's the promise of the gospel. And so, I, you know, I sat with my, uh, my friend Corey uh, House, Pastor Corey, Pastor's uh, Connection Hill Church, just right around the corner in, in Thompson Station Church. You've probably driven by it, and you probably didn't know that it's a, a black church in the middle of Thompson Station. And, and I was saying to him, like, I, our churches are so different, like, we don't even see each other at Walmart. Like, we don't know who each other are, because... In, when we're in our walls, we are divided among each other. But outside of our, beyond our walls, we're not. But, but I listened to, to Pastor Corey's 47-year-old black man with, with a son that's been picked up by law enforcement three different times for mistaken identity as a teenager. You know, he doesn't feel comfortable with his son walking through a neighborhood because of the danger. That's actually brand new information to me. I didn't know that. My son, you know, he'll, he'll run his skinny little butt all over Falls Grove at night. And I'm, I'm sorry, your muscular, abdominally, uh, summer bod self all over. <laughs> but, uh, but like, I'm worried about mountain lions. I'm worried about coyotes. I'm worried, God only knows what I'm worried about, but it wasn't that. But that's his reality. And I'm talking with Adrian Breedlove, detective, the Brentwood Police Department, a member of our church family. And he's saying, man, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. And, and, and again, division says that these are all or nothing equations. But the fact of the matter is, is what Adrian is saying is that is true. Not all cops, in fact, a very small minority of policemen are bad. And a very small minority of what's happening in downtown Nashville and in Minneapolis and Los Angeles is bad. They're not all bad. In fact, hardly any of them are. And I promise you, if you go on Twitter right now and look what you're seeing people setting fire to things right now, it is actually most of what I've seen. None of my black friends, none of it, but it is a bunch of skinny Portlandia looking, wafy, you know, Antifa looking white kids setting stuff on fire for God only knows why, except that the division that Satan would want to cause. That say that, oh yeah, they're all setting on fire, so that means none of their cause is, is right, but that's not true. You know, Pastor Chris Williamson, he, he shared this morning, he's at Strong Tower Church, and he shared that, you know, he's that, that verse from Romans 7, though I want to do good, and it's a picture of him with his family peacefully protesting in downtown Nashville. When I want to do good, evil is always there with me in a picture of this uh, Antifa-looking dude setting fire to the courthouse. It, it's, that's just the enemy. But the fact of the matter is that in our church family, in the church of Williamson County, of Murray County, of Rutherford County, of Davidson, Middle Tennessee, in the United States of America, that the calling that God has for us 
has not changed at all. Right here in Matthew or Mark 16, the calling is not changing, the coming of the Holy Spirit has not changed, and the confirmation that he wants to give through us, that it's right here in Mark 16, is not only not changed, it's literally our only hope. It says here in Mark 16, verse 16, he, that calling is very simple. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. In Matthew 28, he actually says all nations. And for my missionary professionals, you know that that doesn't necessarily mean borders. It means people groups. So for instance, in, uh, in Iraq, there's the borders of Iraq, but inside of that are Iraqis, uh, there are Persians, there are Arabs, there are Kurdish people, all in one border, but not but different people. So Jesus didn't actually get us off the hook because it actually would have been easy to preach the gospel in all nations if it were borders. But that's not what he said. He said, I'm gonna send you into all nations, every tribe, nation, tongue. And by the way, that's the, that's the book of Genesis. We were all, there was no separation in the book of Revelation 22. There was no separation. And between now and then, the only way that we unite until Jesus returns is with the gospel. That will unite our nations, our tribes, our tongues. And it will allow us here in our country. It will allow us in other countries. We've seen it in Uganda. Uh, when we were there last year, I, I don't remember if, I don't remember the trips start to run together, if I'm being really honest. Not, not that they're not all special, don't get me wrong. But when Matala was saying that uh, they brought these young people from the border of Sudan down, these refugee children from the war in Sudan, they put them all on the same floor, uh, the third floor. Kelly, were you there? Okay, yeah, you're nodding. I'm trying to remember who was there. And there's like 100 kids, and the minute they got on this dorm, they're all fighting each other because he didn't think through that these were different tribes. They looked exactly the same, but they were not. And this tribe, think about cramming in a Republican and a Democrat, or about 50-50, and just shove them in the same room and tell them to get along. That was what was happening, and you know what? It took them off guard, but man, the power of the gospel infiltrated those 100 young people and the unity that exists there now, those young people are saved, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're getting an education, and they're gonna go back to South Sudan and bring the unity that only the church, the war of Sudan was not gonna bring that unity, but I believe the gospel. It's like an outpost of the kingdom that'll do that. That is our calling into all nations. And the only way that we're gonna be able to do that without burning ourselves out, he says here in verse, um, I wish I could see that, 19, I'm almost sure it's 19, but it's a little blurry if I'm being honest. Um, it's 19. Um, that the Lord had spoken to them, and this again, Acts 1.8, he's ascending up, he's telling, uh, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. Okay? Jesus' work of the cross of your salvation, 150% done. He sat at the right hand of the Father. He's not pacing at the right hand of the Father. He's not in a fetal position at the right hand of the Father. He is sitting because the work is done. And when you go to Acts 1 verse 8, but then he says, hey, he actually says this in John 14, 15, 16, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna send you a comforter. I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. He's gonna teach you. He's gonna counsel you. And I love this in verse 8 of chapter Acts of chapter 1 when he says, and he's going to give you power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. The power is to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This mission, 
this calling is powered by Pentecost. Like when the Holy Spirit ascended upon them, and I suppose in some week, uh, in the next weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll teach through the difference between what it means to receive the Holy Spirit at salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is spoken of as a subsequent experience. But that's, uh, I, I think it's, I don't remember who says it, that the difference between being filled with the Spirit is that's the Spirit for you. Being baptized in the Spirit, that is the Spirit for everybody else. It's the difference between the, you having the Spirit and the Spirit having you. There is a difference of what the Spirit wants to do in your lives, and this is it. It is not about doing some parlor trick. It's not about, hey, watch this. I'm going to make this leg grow out. Like That's not what it's about. It is about the power to be my witnesses. And in this climate right now, uh, more than ever in my lifetime that I can remember, we need the power of the Spirit to be his witnesses. And then that Holy Spirit is going to confirm the word. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say today, I'm going to stand up in front of however many people there and I'm going to say that part of what is demonic in our world is what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm, I'm going to say that because it's true and the power of that, because I'm kind of nervous about saying something like that, because I don't want to offend this person or that person. But the power of the Holy Spirit upon me is what will empower me to stand up and be his witness in our Jerusalem right here. And when I look at that, the confirmation of it, I, we went through this last week. Like, Darren, we just did this. But man, I was reading and I was praying, especially after, again, spending time with Pastor Corey. And you know what I realized when I looked at these signs, these five signs here? Technically, that you can maybe make an argument that it's only four of them. They're all something that breaks down a barrier between me and somebody who is not like me. You will speak with new tongues. Now, again, there is, Paul talks about praying in tongues. There's, there's different angles of that in the New Testament. But this is not that. This is the one in Acts 2 when it says they spoke and they heard him in their own language. When we go to Haiti, like the best I got is like, Mue invite una cuisade, janvier says, like, I could, whatever they've told me to memorize, I can say. But I couldn't order like a burger in Creole. Because I just can't. I, and by the way, if you're young right now, can I just tell you, learn languages young because at some point the hard drive is full. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't click. I'm like, say that again. I'm like, it's like you're a child all over it, like a little baby trying to say, you know, burger. So, but speaking in new tongues, it allows you, and that's, that happens. And I, I literally have heard stories firsthand of people like who heard something, but it, it was the guy doesn't know Persian, but he heard it as if it were in Persian. I remember, I mean, David and I were, uh, we were surrounded by a, 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 a little voodoo parade in Haiti a few years back that, who may or may not have been the voodoo priest, we don't know, but I remember looking him in the eye. We're in, we're in a little truck, a little tap-tap, and we're completely surrounded. Now, by, mind you, this is right after I have assured everyone that it's totally safe. <laughs> and there's that moment where David and I are looking at each other going, well, this just escalated quickly. <laughs> like, and, and we don't know what they wanted, but I remember looking at this guy in the eye and speaking to him in English and saying, I, I, you know, you don't understand who, who I am or what I'm saying, but the, de the devil inside of you, you know exactly what I'm saying. You know who, my language and, and, you know, told him to uh, shove off. And so, and he, and they stuck back and they, and they let us through. Like, I don't know what that was other than the, somehow he understood and we understood and they're speaking in a, but when I think about that for our culture right now, Speaking in a new tongue doesn't necessarily mean just knowing the language. There's also not just a language barrier, there's an idea barrier. 
And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, another, it seems like all the trips go lead back to Haiti, I guess. I don't know. Uh, for years, uh, we had the privilege of, and, and this is 100% credit to David Christopher, of hosting Temple Church, uh, a historic black church in Nashville, Tennessee, in, in Haiti with us. And uh, well, I don't remember if it was the first or the second year that I, I showed up and I had to, I had to come late because I have a job, so I have to come back here. So I'm, I show up a couple days late, but I stand in the room where these, this is probably 35 wonderful people, man. And, you know, David's the only white guy on the trip. It was awesome. And I stood up and said to these people, hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, and I just want you to know, man, I'm really proud of you guys for making this decision. You've given up your vacation. And I, and I walked away and thought, that was, that was nothing, you know? Uh, and I learned later, our friend Griff, who I, I just love, he's taught me so much, uh, taught us that day that when you say to a young black man or black girl that you are proud of them, that sits different with them than it does with you. The very thing all I ever wanted to hear from my dad was that I'm proud of you. So I'm thinking I'm giving them this gift. That it was the same word, but a different meaning. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, though, to say that we're going to press in and speak in new tongues, not just in a new language, but understanding in a new way. And it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that can make that happen in our lives. And he says that you're going to cast out demons. You know me. I believe that this means exactly what it says it means. It doesn't mean less than that, that's for sure. You get into a new village and you put a flag in the ground and the, and the lady shrieks in the back row. Again, I mean, Kelly, you guys saw that, right? You get to real. Ethan's even, he's had the front row to a couple of those. But it doesn't mean less than that, okay? James 3 says there's two kinds of wisdom, wisdom from angels, wisdom from demons. So whatever's happening, you can say one or the other, no middle ground. A young man or woman in Uganda who is getting dirty water because their system says that you don't deserve it. The, the people in Kenya right now who are in the slums, there's nobody coming for them with food because their system says, not only are you not worth it, we actually don't even have time to get to you. That's either from God or from devil. Who is it from? It's from demons. So when the church shows up and, and casts the demons out by bringing food, saying that you are worth it. You are infinitely valuable as an image bearer of God. You are infinitely worth it to us. That's casting out the demonic. It's putting a flag in the ground. Your system, they don't even have time to give you clean water. You're like an animal to them. You're an image bearer of God in the kingdom of God. That is casting out the demonic. I could go on with what's happening in Guatemala, but I want to not miss out on the fact that that is what we have an opportunity for in our country right now, which is to cast out the demonic when a police officer puts his knee on the neck of a grown man while he's begging for his life. Is that from God or is that from the enemy? That is from the devil. And I was thinking, okay, great, that's great. God, what do I do? Like go drill a well? And there you're, I don't know what to do. And I was praying about it. And I was reminded of that, what does perfect love do? It casts out fear. First John 4, 18. You will cast out demons, right? Perfect love casts out. And by the way, that context of 1 John 4, 18 is about if a man says he loves God and hates his brother, he's a liar, Right? Our opportunity here is to stand with, to cast out the demonic. And by the way, Romans 12, this is something Pastor Corey shared with me. We've been in Romans 12 for like two months and he doesn't know that. But he reads to me, he's like, this is what he's gonna be sharing with his people today. 
that love must be sincere, verse nine of Romans 12, devoted to one another. And he goes on to say that the, the whole passage there that uh, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. But he go, that passage in there where it says, and do not, right, return evil, good, evil for evil, but good with, let good overcome evil. I'm getting it all wrong. Corey's gonna crush it. I'll put the link for his sermon. Overcome evil with good. Casting out perfect love casts out fear. Overcome evil with good. If you want to put out a fire, you put more fire on it? No. Which, by the way, is what's happening right now. These young men and women who are burning stuff down, they're trying to overcome fire with fire, evil with evil, and it's not working. It won't work. It's from God or from, it's from the enemy. Us being able to cast that out. And the third thing, the uh, poisonous snakes and drinks, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> when we go to the places that are remote, especially ends of the earth places, right? Snakes, you drink things, you're like, mm, dude, that's from, I don't know what that was made out of, but I'm picking the hair out of my teeth. I don't know what that was exactly, but just hope they cooked it long enough. Like the, the, there's things that happen like that. And you're like, I'm eating something and I'm just praying, God, don't let this harm me, right? There, you're walking through the bush and thinking, I remember uh, it was actually a while back when the uh, first time Jim Cook went to uh, Haiti with uh, me and he was filming over across this, the river and uh, he and Grant and I actually, they'd been gone a while. So I'm like, I better go check and see what, um, what was going on. And I walk, wandered through a banana grove and, uh, and by the way, managed to absolutely scare the hoot out of them as they were coming back because I saw them coming and I'm like, you know, you always looking for something and you know, it made them jump. Uh, <laughs> But as I'm walking through the banana grove, and by the way, I've still got a brilliant scar on my ankle from the, the barbed wire that I got shredded up with, and it was worth every drop of blood. It was so funny. But as I'm wandering through this place, I'm like, uh, snakes, like there's probably snakes in here. Like, uh, now, I don't know if God would protect me from a snake in that situation because I technically was just kind of skirting around. But my point is, you're in places where there's things that can harm you, okay? In our city in our culture right now. Even saying what I'm saying, there is a risk involved with it. Somebody might get offended and get mad and they're gonna say, oh yeah, but, and they might leave the church, you might stop paying your tithe. By the way, that is Nerf ball danger. Don't get me wrong, Nerf ball danger. But it's danger. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Pentecost pushes through the danger, the danger of being misunderstood, the danger of tonight when we are saying to the world that we are praying for our nation, we're honoring, uh, by the way, the offering tonight that we're taking up, we're gonna give to churches, small churches that are struggling, most of which are minority churches, because if you don't have bank accounts, like uh, our friends at the Vineyard in Franklin, Lavinia, uh, how do I say that, Gus, Lavinia? Um, a lot of the folks, aren't, they don't have the ability to give online because they don't have bank accounts. So their church has been struggling. We're gonna give all the money away to those churches tonight. But the risk is that we might get shut out from that. By the way, a risk worth taking and a risk that Jesus says, I got your back. Whether it's a poisonous snake in Africa or a poisonous tweet in America, he has got our backs. And then the last thing he says is that healing the sick. And of course, that means exactly what it says it means. It means I showed you the videos last week. I've got plenty more. But you know, what is it that the ultimate sickness that all of us have? Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. Talking about our sinful hearts. And the way that our sinful hearts are healed of racism is that I'm close enough to touch you. 
sitting across the table from Corey, from Dr. Hewitt Long, from whatever friends you all have, make sure you're in close enough contact that you can touch them. Because when you hear a grown man with tears in his eyes talk about the fear in his heart for his children, you just can't walk away from that. And the gospel, the power of the gospel, heals that sin in your own heart and that awareness in our own hearts. So in these coming days, I don't know what that will look like. David uh, has been downtown this morning already looking at what's happening uh, with the, 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 the vandalism, uh, talking to some of the uh, business owners about maybe how we could help them. Uh, as of today, there's nothing needed, but we will, if there is needed, we will absolutely be right in the middle of that. Uh, and thank you to Jennifer Bush for the uh, 11.30 p.m. text. Uh, I, I had to turn it off, she didn't wake me up. Uh, asking about, it. God's already moving on your hearts is what I'm saying, but we want to be a part of the solution, a part of the gospel, a part of the calling, right? A part of the coming of the Holy Spirit that is gonna power us and a part of the confirmation of the signs and the wonders that will follow because absolutely it is miraculous when someone is healed. It is miraculous when a voodoo priest somehow understands me. It is miraculous when a black church and a white church that have nothing in common can somehow stand in front of the same throne room of grace with the power of the Holy Spirit. That is miraculous. I, I was sad as I was reading some of the comments and uh, the people are good and we just have to know we're all good and then that, that's how we'll all figure it all out and, and that's the problem that none of us are good. All of us have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why I say I can't promise unity for our nation. If anything, I could promise the opposite because as long as Satan is the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2, then that will be here. But what we can be, us, are, are little outposts of heaven, of, of little Pentecosts, of little... I think I counted 17 nations. I don't remember. There's more than that. There were in Acts 2. There were Africans, there were Arabs, there were Romans, there were marginalized women. There were, everybody was the same in that. In that early church, the widows were all taken care of the same. And when, by the way, when the division started, what does it say they did? They, they appointed seven people who were full of the Holy Spirit to fix that inequity. We need people full of the Holy Spirit in our church in, in our walls, beyond our walls, and beyond our borders. And I have so much hope when I think about the young in our church, because a lot of us, we're learning a lot of new stuff here, late, late 40s. And, but some of this stuff I'm saying, if you're, like, if, if you're, if you're my age or older, this is kind of like brand new information. How do I do this? But some of us in your 20s and 30s or teens right now, you're like, well, of course. And we need you. Like, we need you full of the Holy Spirit. We need you leading us. We need you on the front lines of the kingdom of God because, uh, the, because as the calling has said, the nations are still there. Jesus, I, I mean, it was a, kind of a joke, right? That, you know, he's, is he coming back? You know, what page of Revelation are we on today? On the one hand, it's kind of a joke, and on the other hand, it's kind of like, hmm? He said he was coming back. 400 prophecies fulfilled in his birth, his death, his resurrection. Do you think he's not gonna keep his last promise? <laughs> prophecy, promise, his last prophecy, last promise to us? He's coming back. Not coming back to end it. He's coming back to restore it. And that's the promise of Mark, the promise of the gospel. 
the restoration of all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you bore our sins. It's by your stripes that those sins are healed. Lord, would you let us come in contact with brothers and sisters that are not like us, close enough that we can touch so that our hearts could be healed of even sins that we don't know that we have. I pray today for my pastor friends who are facing congregations of, of, of Latino populations, of, of African-American populations, and they're having a much different conversation today. Pray that you will empower them as well. Pastor Chris Williamson, Pastor Corey House, uh, Pastor Hewitt Long. Lord, would you be with them today as they are speaking and know that we stand with them. And Father, <laughs> May 31st, 2020, Pentecost Sunday. I pray today that your spirit is falling all over us as we gather tonight at beyond our walls, that, Lord, a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit would be all over us today. Lord, let it be fresh, let it be real, let it, remember that it's the coming of the Spirit, that's how we're gonna confirm what we're saying. And it's those confirmations that are not a confirmation that I'm awesome, but a confirmation that you, Lord, are awesome. Jesus, would you be with our law enforcement today? Would you be with those that are on the front lines protecting the, the EMTs, the medics? The, there's a whole lot of people, our fire, uh, the, the National Guard. Lord, Lord be with our, our political leaders, the mayors, the, the governors, Governor Lee in our own state. Lord, be with them all today. Empower them with your spirit as well. And if, Jesus, you are returning sooner than anyone thinks, would you get, if we want to go out on a rush, Lord, <laughs> we want to go out following your calling, following your coming, and following the confirmation. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.